I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people I have a podcast. I'm Jen podcast. Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall. <laughs> and we're clearly not even qualified to do the introduction to this podcast. Basically, it goes something along the lines of I should have this written down by this point where two people are on their quest to find and succumb to love. Something like that. You've heard it before if you listen to the other eight episodes. This is uh, this is our podcast. You know, you would have probably heard it from the cold open before the music, but we are talking about meeting the parents here tonight and why it's important to, to have that conversation with your significant other. Jen, I'm sure you have a story that you can share, but I would, I would like to start because I think oh, okay. if, if eagle-eared listeners have probably heard that I have never once taken somebody home to meet my parents, and that can be shocking until you understand that I've never had a relationship that's lasted longer than six weeks. <laughs> My story, though, is this is how uh, narcissistic of a human being I used to be, and maybe still am to a, to a certain degree. There was this vivid moment, Jen, that I had in university where I looked at my parents. I was visiting them, and I looked at them and like, oh, my parents are people. They had like hopes and dreams and like, you know, I don't know. For me, I always thought, you know, my parents are my parents, right? Whatever. That It was like this dawning realization like, oh, like, yeah, of course. This is like the stupidest realization, but they're actual people. That makes sense, though. Like, that makes sense. I think that that's the thing about like becoming an adult child when you can then see like, oh, yeah, OK, my my parents are actually fully formed human people. I think that's just part of the evolution of life. I'm sure we've all been through that or going through that now. The thing that also added to that was thinking I was, oh, I was so smart. And I could like outsmart my parents. They didn't know what was actually going on in my life. And then you realize like, oh, yeah, no, like they're smarter than what I'm giving them credit for. I had a university girlfriend probably on the phone one day had let slip that I was, you know, going over to study at Kim's house. So even though I never like brought Kim home, I never even told my parents that I was dating this person. Anyway, that lasted six weeks. Um, and I remember like halfway through that relationship, um, during that same, like going up, realizing my parents are people is I was meeting my other friend, at the local mall. And I had to go to like the bathroom or something like that. My parents were there because I wasn't driving at the time. And my, my parent actually asked my, my friend Tara, who was like, so tell me about Kim. Like, what's going on with this? Like, my mother knew enough, like, the way I had actually spoken about it. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there is, <laughs> A, this part of me is like, maybe I really need to bring, like, cross this threshold of bringing someone home to meet the parents. But now I'm always, I'm always going to feel, I could be, like, 40 years old and doing this for the first time. I'm going to go right back to being, like, an 18-year-old and, like, uh, like, this is the person I'm dating. And, like, be so, like, bashful about the entire thing. W meanwhile, my parents probably can put two and two together if I've been mentioning someone by yeah. name multiple times when I call them. Yeah, you have a little hop in your step. Like, people aren't idiots. They can sense it. I just think this guy is neat. I'm just telling you, parents. I just think he's neat. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just throwing it in a sentence. I'm glad we're unpacking this, and I'm glad that listeners have figured out that 
you have mentioned in the past that you've never brought someone home to meet your parents. And at first, I want to admit I had a lot of judgment for that. And then I've just started to think about it. And I just wonder if you're actually kind of brilliant. Like if you're actually just so smart with that strategy. On the other hand, entirely pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) One or the other, honestly. So obviously I've had a few meet the parent adventures and I'll say they never go well, never go well. (laughs) Well, you also brought up in a previous episode that your mother has never liked any of your significant others. Totally, totally hasn't. So it's important to kind of like set the tone for my family dynamic, we kind of have a bit of a, of a weird, I remember once someone saying like, you don't have a family tree, you have a family rope and you all have to sort of climb over top of one another to kind of get in the right pecking order. You're not Um, trying to hang each other with it. Well, there's that too, but it's important to note that like my, my brother and my mother are very close. Like Mm. they are like two peas in a pod. They really are. They're each other's partner and best friend. And they're very, 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 very close. Conversely, my dad and I are very close, hmm. right? So it's almost kind of like we always have this like little bit of Montague and Capulet thing happening <laughs> in our little family. And we're not similar. Like my my brother and my mother are very similar and my dad and I are very similar. And we don't really cross over. I mean, we all kind of enjoy, like well, we endure one another, I guess. But, and I'll always joke with my mother that- the Thanksgiving situation... a couple of weeks ago must've been great, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, always, always. Meeting the the parents is, is a difficult thing because- what my mother wants in a partner for me is always very different than what a father wants in a partner for me. And I think for me in the middle, it took me too long to figure out what I wanted in a partner. So these poor men that just come in as like a little parade of hell, honestly, let's just be totally honest. But no, yeah, the track record is not good. My high school boyfriend, his name was Matt. My dad used to just call him Mutt. He was like not entertaining it at all. He was like, nope, (laughs) nope. Nope, 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 not happening. And my college boyfriend, my my mother did like him and will often lament that that was probably the one that <laughs> got away. Uh, I don't feel the same. And then my husband, yeah, not so much. And but they were always like nice, like my parents weren't mean, which is more than I can say for his family. But um, and then I had a serious relationship that just ended, as listeners know. And that wasn't great. That was strife on both sides. He didn't mm-hmm. like them. They didn't like him. So I was really, that was really hard. I will just tell you that like as a public relations person who's used to high octane situations, like I'm, I'm good. I'm used to crisis situations, you know, you know, giving, you know, press briefings, speaking on the news. Like I, I live in the, in the high octane, very publicness of public relations. I'm like fundamentally not okay bringing someone home to meet my parents. And yet, I continue to do it. I don't know why so, wait, I do like it. At any point in the relationship, like just as a blanket statement? Yes. Hmm. Yes. I hate the crossover. You'd prefer to keep those separate. Like, this is my family. This is my relationship. I don't want them to cross paths. Yeah. I have to tell you that in a moment of rage, I remember saying to my, to one of my designated parents, yeah, I would just like to keep my family and my happiness separate, please. <laughs> I don't think I meant it to sound so absolutely awful, but I think. What this all comes down to for me is this. This is my reflection at 38. Because it has taken me so long to figure out who I am as a person, I would sort of use the brand of men to help sort of flesh out who I was. You know, you love a good movie reference. I love a good movie reference more. There was the movie with Julia Roberts, Runaway Bride. Where Richard Gere asks her, I know you loved that movie, by the way. I remember you giving a a review of that uh, on your other podcast. But I remember Richard Gere asking Julia Roberts, 
you know, how do you like your eggs? He kept asking you, how do you like your eggs? Because depending on what relationship she was in, she liked her eggs the way her partner liked her eggs. Like she just molded into the identity of that. And it also reminds me of uh, Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert, which is one of my favorite uh, books, also made into a movie. Also with Julia Roberts. Also with Julia Roberts, where she remarked on how she would start to actually physically look like her partners. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that I, 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 I just do that. I just have done that. And it's only now that I'm really like, okay, who am I and what do I want? And I'm kind of finding my own. And it's really kind of manifesting itself in this meet the parents ecosystem because now I don't care. I, and I don't care on both sides. I'm not like, okay, please don't be embarrassed by my weird parents. My mom does this thing and my dad does this thing and I'm really sorry. And then to my parents, I'm like, okay, just give him a break. Like he, I know he, you won't like this about him, but you'll like this about him. And, you know, like I'm like doing PR for this person. Like I'm a hype girl now. <laughs> I'm trying right. to like, and I, and I think that now that's over. I think that's over. There's so much that I align with, with what you just said. The past five years, honestly, has been a struggle for me to discover who it is I actually am to the point where I've actually had almost like mental breakdowns over this, like just fretting about it. I'm a highly anxious person. This is exacerbated by the simple fact that as a bisexual man, I didn't really come to terms with that and start to come out with that until my late 20s. And what will often be discussed in like the LGBTQIA plus community is that when you hide that for so long, you actually are tamping down like your quote unquote your true self. And when you actually finally come out and allow yourself to have those life experiences, open yourself up to love, you start to discover like who it is. But it's hard because it's like, well, wait, is this who I actually am? Or was the previous person who I really was? Or was I forcing down who my real person was all these years? Like, it it really is a mind trip trying to, like, unpack all that. Like, who am I? It's like you're screaming that. So so I've had to deal with that all the while being like, I kind of want to go through the process of, like, quote unquote, meeting the parents. A, I don't know if you agree because we, you know, started our quote unquote friendship <laughs> terrible. And, and, You're terrible. I know, I know. Just I'm say we're friends, Kyle. Oh my God. <laughs> we're friends now, but we started off as being a business relationship. And so, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel. I do great first impressions. <laughs> I I like I like turn it up. I like become like very extroverted in those situations. So I feel like I could really do a great like meet the parents moment. Conversely, I think part of the reason too that I've avoided doing like the hey come on over and meet like my family is that my family are certifiably insane. <laughs> and I mean oh that God. in the most loving of ways. We show love by being totally sarcastic and cutting. (laughs) And so when you walk into that and you don't know that, it can feel like, what is happening? My dad will force you into a debate where he doesn't actually care. He just wants to debate you just for the fun of it. (laughs) And my mom is going to force feed you pastries until you eat like (laughs) your body weight in, in pie. So it's like, you know, you're coming into something that is that you have to understand, like, Okay, I have to fill you in. Here is like the brief. (laughs) I'm going to highlight the top level portions of stuff that you need to know before you come over here. Let me just say that I'm I'm loving that we're on the two ends of the spectrum on this, that you're like, I'm ready for a meet the parents moment. And I have been worn out. Like, I'll just tell you that in the beginning, I was like, 
Hi, I'm Jennifer. So nice to meet you. Let me show you all my manners. I, you know, curated this outfit. I baked you a cake. This is my best foot forward. I'm charming. I'm down to key messages. You know, I'm really going to work hard to show you that I'm a great fit for your son. And now I'm like, whatever. (laughs) Hi, Hi. I'm here. This shirt is clean. (laughs) This shirt is clean. I think I, and I, you know, I'm being, I'm being flippant, but honestly, like, I just think I've just reached this point where I'm just like, I am who I am your part. I think what I've done is I've changed the driver. And I think that this Mm -hmm. is an important thing about today is I've changed the driver before I put all of the power and all of the control into the hands of the parent as though they were the architect and the decision maker and the approval point. I put them in the driver's seat. And now like at 38, I'm putting myself in the driver's seat. I'm starting with your son picked me. He likes me. I think I'm a good fit. I've picked him in return. This is what we've built. This is what we are. And you're just part of the ecosystem. You're not the king of the ecosystem. And I think that that's, I think that's the shift that I've made, but I have to, I have to tell you this. When I met my husband, my ex-husband, when I met his parents, I was like, I'm going to make my, I was going, I remember I was going for Thanksgiving. I cried like 30 tears, crocodile tears over like the right outfit and the right look and the right everything. I like blow dried my bangs about six or seven times just to get that, just that good swoop on. And I decided to make my grandmother's cake and I baked three cakes and iced them and then sat there and stood the best of like picked the best of the bunch. And then like wrapped it up and like drove out there. And I was just, I remember just shaking, just shaking, just bouncing my leg and shaking and thinking, you can't shake. You're going to shake this cake right off the plate. And now when I look back on that situation, I mean, I was, I would have been 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now when I look back on that situation, like I don't feel proud. I feel humiliated. And I feel like the, the Jennifer that had some, you know, element of self-respect would have said, you know what? They're lucky to have you. You really love their son. You really care for him and you're a good person and you're working hard to educate yourself and you were raised right. And I couldn't manifest any of that. I was just like, whatever these people think of me is what I'm going to be. And lo and behold, they didn't like me. So Mm -hmm. then that became my identity. And I gave that so much energy in my 20s. I just feel so embarrassed and so humiliated about it. And you know, I can look back on that situation and, and feel like anger, but I own that. I willingly gave my power away. I willingly gave my power away. And then all of the times that rather than talking about myself, rather than, you know, going to the gym, rather than focusing on myself and my own, you know, mental health and my own career, I put all of this energy into how do I make them like me? How do I tell my friends about the adventures of them not liking me? Like I just wasted all that time. It's humiliating. I I should go to some sort of a jail for this. Like I should be reprimanded for this. It's definitely like a negative spiral that you're going to find yourself in. And I wonder too, again, not to like pile on you here too much, but I think there is something to be, I mean, there's something (laughs) to be said when you meet someone and you can kind of tell like, oh, like you're really trying, like you're like going overboard versus like your your flippancy before where it's like, whatever, like I have have a clean shirt and that's going to be enough. I think there's something to be said where like, oh, okay. Yeah, we can, we can deal with this where it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's a put on that you're doing. I'm I was wound so tight. And then I, you know, yeah, I was wound so tight and I was prepared to try so hard. And it's interesting because that relationship ended and you think that there'd be a reflection period where I'd be like, okay, well that was like getting out of Shawshank. What now? And instead I turned right around and just did it harder in a new relationship. I just was like, I can double down on this. 
And so that sucks. That sucks. But I'm, I'm hopefully done with that. But I do think that ultimately the meet the parents equation is about how much power you give to something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like how much power you give in terms of saying like, you will be an important influencer in how this will come together versus saying I am who I am. That's also somewhat the fear I have if and when I ever go through this of meeting the other parents where there's even some I find like cultures that that fall into this where there is a very strong like this is the head of the family, you know, like you almost mm-hmm. <laughs> it almost feels like you're entering into the mob. We have to like kiss the ring of mama or whatever. It's like the 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 patriarchal figure or the matriarchal figure of the yeah. of the family. It's like everything has to go through them. I just don't think I would deal well with that. Where it's like, no, like I don't not that I want to actively go against you, but at the same time, like I don't really care what you think. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how you feel when you're actually in it and you're mm-hmm. and you're like really like I really want this person to you know, I really want all of this ecosystem to work. I mean, you know, coming out of a relationship for almost eight years where I, you know, there was strife between the parents and the partner. I feel now like I, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want them to be best friends, but I don't, I, I need there to be some sense of harmony in my ecosystem. You know, Jenna, it's, sometimes gauche to talk about the podcast on the podcast you were talking to me before we push record about future episodes maybe we should do an episode on communication because um i I may have mentioned here in the past that i'm sort of kind of dating someone word's still out on that but uh word's still out he's so coy you guys he's like i have a (laughs) podcast about dating but i don't really want to talk about dating well i'm just saying that uh Sometimes it takes him three to four days to respond to things. So, um, so if I do ever beat like his parents, that'll that'll be an interesting uh, topic of discussion. I thank you for that dating update because I've been curious. <laughs> I've been curious. Um, so thank you for sharing. Yeah, no, it's wild. So there's all these d- dynamics at play. Uh, what did people submit to the fishbowl? Can you pass me the fishbowl? Yeah, here's the fishbowl. And here are your keys, Kyle. Yes, uh, thank you. I feel like I'm going to give terrible advice this week, but that's okay because we (laughs) sell ourselves on. on, Okay, here it is. It's kind of our, yeah, like our subtitle for this podcast. Should I ask to meet the parents? I mean, I I am going to guess through all this fishbowl, I'm going to have to preface everything by like, well, it depends. But in this case, I think it does. I think it matters a little bit about like how long you've been dating the other person for if it has been six months then yeah i think it's fair to ask to like meet the family i don't know if that's like a demand on like date one if you should be asking to meet the parents but if it's important to you i think for so many people like the family is such an important part of what they value that i i do not think it's bad to ask to meet the other person's parents what does that sound like in a sentence to you like, how do you mean? bring that up? Are you like canoodling in bed and you're like, hey, baby. So uh, I really want to see your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. There's anybody that would like to replace me on this podcast. We're going to have an open casting call. Hey, do you know who else I'd like to call daddy? Your actual oh, father. Do you want me? <laughs> Kyle. Kyle, look how beat red I am. Kyle. My answer to this is absolutely no. You should not ask. <laughs> like never? Never. Oh, man. Okay. Never. Wow. I think that, um, and this stems from my own, talk about your own bias coming in. My own bias is that don't rush the other person. Mm -hmm. Don't rush the other person. Let them come at the time that it comes. Like, for example, for in my situation, you know, 
it's, there's a lot of carnage, right? My parents haven't liked my previous partners. I'm still coming to be who I am. I think I'm a very different person as a partner than I am as a daughter. I really just kind of want to get to know that person and make sure that, you know, we're steady and settled and, and then just, you know, make them meet the parents, not this big kiss the ring adventure, but just something that happens way more passively. And I think if, if your partner is not ready and it could be two things, right? It could be one that they're just not ready to take the relationship to that level to which forcing it never will turn out in your advantage point. And secondly, maybe, you know, there's this dynamic about their family that they would like to shield you from for some time. And they're not even ready to talk about it. I just think to me, it falls into ultimatum territory. Like, Hey, can Mm. we talk about this? Can we talk like anytime your agenda setting to pushing a relationship forward I think you're in trouble. Like, just enjoy your time. Once you let that cat out of the bag, you can't put it back in. You know, I think just enjoy the time. Enjoy the time. Okay, that's interesting. I think this is the first time that we've been on opposite sides. We usually are pretty, we're usually much closer. Let's see how we do on this one. Question two, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do if I don't want to meet the parents? Move to a different town. That's one <laughs> See, again, I think this is absolutely fair. Everyone is going to have their own level of comfort. But just like you were saying, everyone is going to have different levels of comfort, right? And I don't think rushing this, rushing that first interaction of family is a smart idea. This also comes back to my favorite thing to talk about, but it's communication, which is like you actually have to have the conversation with your partner about like, this is why I don't at this point meet the rest of the family. Well, I think you're in real trouble if they're ready to meet the parents and you're not same Mm -hmm. with question one, right? You're in two different spots. So that's a tough situation to be in. You know, I think if you don't want to, you have to be honest because I think it ultimately reveals your thoughts on the relationship, not necessarily your level of commitment. I think at the beginning, when you get into a relationship, it's like being like inside of an egg, right? You got this little shell that protects you and you're just in there and you're just canoodling and it's just fun. And it's, you're just like Mm -hmm. in the little zone with that person. You crack that egg open and you meet, you know, their friends. That's okay. And then their family. And then if they have kids, like you just keep cracking that egg open. And while it's progress forward, and that's a good thing. If you're not ready to come out of that little egg ecosystem, like you can never go back in. And if you're not ready to welcome other voices and other stakeholders and other people into it, you know, I think you have to be on it again on communication. You're exactly right. You have to be honest to say, I'm just not there yet, but what a difficult conversation. I'm worried. I'm going to be on both. I'm going to be on both sides of this. Yeah. I'm trying to think if, if I've had a partner that wasn't ready to meet my parents. I don't think so. But I think now I'm on the other side of not ready to meet the parents. And I think for me, it's just because I'm trying to protect myself from falling down the same pitfalls of let's have this person weigh in and evaluate a relationship that I'm still weighing in and evaluating. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it also comes down to that, especially with new relationships for that first little bit you get to actually have like, this is my thing. And this is something special that's between us. And as soon as you do that invitation to parents, like, okay, well now it's not just mine anymore. I am, you're now being shared amongst a bunch of people. And I get that, that that's scary sometimes to, to leave behind because it's great to be like, no, this is just, this is just my thing with this other person that I get to share. The last situation I was in around a, a, a meet the parent situation, I'll just tell you, Kyle, because it was, it was a little bit recent. I, I met his mother mm. and his mother said to me, um, she was very nice to me. And then she said to, to him, you know, did, did Jen like me? 
And I laughed out loud because I was just like, oh, doesn't she know that's not how it works? She holds all the power. I just jokingly was like, yeah, that's that was always the old mental model is that, you know, I never even thought that they would be reflecting on, you know, do they, mm. you know, does, does she like us? Question. Number, actually, there's a particular question that was submitted that I want to hunt for here. Let me just mm. oh, let me just go through the bowl here. I just want to find it because I loved it so much. Yeah, here it is. OK, what do I do? I've met his parents, but I don't want him to meet mine. Am I fucked? <laughs> and the answer is honestly, Jen. Yeah, I think yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah, you sure are. You cannot, in any conceivable reality, be like, no, I don't want you to come over to my parents' place. If I was in that situation, <laughs> I would feel so judged at that point <laughs> to be like, what? I'm not good enough for this. I don't know. That's that would be such a wild thing to say. To. In yeah, my opinion. I, I just feel like it would be that, um, like, imagine you're, you know, you're about to have your first sexual experience and you stand there and you get completely undressed and you're totally naked. And the other person just goes, I'm going to leave my clothes on. <laughs> you just are like, oh, what? No. <laughs> what? Yeah. To me, it, it harkens something. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, to the person who submitted this question, you are indeed in real trouble. You are indeed in real trouble. You got to take them to meet the fam or you got to get out of there. And I wish you the best of luck with whatever yeah, decision you make. Good luck with that. <laughs> no door number three on that one. Oh, my God. Okay. That was efficient. Let's. Okay. Here's the last one. Can you really know someone until you've met their parents or family? I mean, hmm, there's a couple things that are flashing through my mind. My immediate response i want to say is yes you can know someone if you have never met their parents or family because i think that in some cases quote unquote like removing themselves from that family was the best thing that they could have done <laughs> and that allowed them to flourish and become who they really needed to be i can see like wanting to meet someone's family slash parents just to I don't know, understand what things are important in that person's life. But I don't know, the way that this question is phrased, I feel like there might be some like underlying thing I'm not necessarily hitting at. I feel like you could understand someone without meeting their parents. Whether you should or not, I guess, is a different question. I think you're overcomplicating it, honestly. Mm. When you meet the parents, you're also meeting the version of your partner that the parents most put forward, right? Mm. So... I am, you know this about me, Kyle. I'm very disciplined. I'm very serious. I take my work very seriously. I, you know, I work hard. I, I'm disciplined. But my parents remember the version of me that was a that was kind of a mess. That was kind of, you know, you know, partied a little bit too hard in high school, didn't take her grade seriously, you know, did a lot of damage to a lot of family vehicles because I was a reckless driver and I was just reckless with everything. And, you know, that's a version of me that really doesn't exist anymore. But for, you know, shits and giggles, it's still a very important part of my, you know, my family story of, of how my identity was created. So, you know, I have, you know, a partner that would know me as being a very disciplined and, and serious person who then meets my family and hears all these wild stories. And I have to continually like put a timestamp on it. Like, let me remind the group that that was 20 years ago. Like, <laughs> let me remind the group that I was 16 years old. Right. Like, don't tell the story of me hooping in the community pool. I was four years old. Like, it's not integral to my identity today. No, it's so true. Like your parents and like the rest of your family knew you at your most embarrassing 
embarrassing period right like just yeah <laughs> when everyone is like they're, they're most awkward and stupid and awful in many cases they remember that it's the same thing like i don't know how many times they have brought up so i was a, a closeted wrestling fan for many years and i still watch wrestling every so so often good for you but Kyle. I'm, I'm sorry, but there is. So, you don't have to be sorry. I'm just I saying, sorry. That, Lots of there, people listening listen to wrestling. I cannot go to a family function without somebody bringing up the fact that I emulated a wrestler when I was 15 years old by jumping off the top of the barn through a piece of plywood to emulate being like being put through a table. Um, it's like I was 15. <laughs> like, like that was like. We're talking almost 20, oh, it's over 20 years ago that this happened. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need to relitigate this every time that we meet. But it's, that's family. That's what they like to do. Yeah, no, I I have my own little story booklet of horror stories that I don't want to come out that seemingly always come out. But I, yeah, I don't think it helps for that person to be like, oh, now I know this person better because I know what their awkward struggle was like that. I Like, I just, I don't. I disagree with the idea that you can't know someone until you know their parents. I think sometimes values can be revealed, maybe mm-hmm. like through the thin veneer of all these ridiculous stories, like the values of like if they have, you know, good, honest parents. But, you know, I meet people all the time that are striving to be, you know, exceptional people in spite of how they were raised, in spite right. of how they grew up. So I don't think it is a natural barometer. I, you know, I am a, I want to be clear. I am a believer that, you know, past behavior of the person is a great indicator of future behavior. That's why I'm such a proponent to once a cheater, always a cheater. But on the flip side to that, I don't necessarily think the lineage where they come from is a revealing part of you know, who intrinsically that person is. I mean, it can help to surface things like maybe a negative example would be, you know, if you, if you're dating someone and you think, wow, this person, you know, drinks and gets quite belligerent, right? Like it's kind Mm -hmm. of a red flag. And then you meet their family and you realize that that's like a family trait, you know, that might Mm -hmm. reveal something to you, but if you're truly paying attention, you don't need the family to validate it. If you already think it's a red flag with your, with the person you're in, you know, dating and getting to know, you don't need the reinforcement from the parents. Those are the only questions I like in the fishbowl. There was other mm-hmm. stuff, but I'm I'm leaving it behind tonight. If we didn't get to your that's question. That's right, everyone else. You put in bad questions. That's right. Shame <laughs> on you. Um, so if we did not get to your question uh, or you have a question about another topic, you can visit our website. Somebody date Jen and Kyle. That's Jen double N and submit a question to the fishbowl. You just scroll down that little page and see that giant little fishbowl. Fill out the little form. It comes right to my little inbox. Ding. And I will read it and we will jam that sucker in the fishbowl. And if it's not on brand or not on topic, we'll hold on to it and we'll build an episode around what you submit. So please visit our website or you could even just tweet it at somebody date is our, is our handle. Uh, Kyle and I are on there all the time checking for good questions. So submit your question and we'll get to it. Let's talk about unqualified advice. So I really had a hard time finding like someone who submitted an advice column about meeting the parents. I was quite surprised about it, but I did find this economic article on Market Watch of all places, I know. But this is kind of the summary of what the article said. Millennials, which we know to be the ages of like 22 to 37. So that's us, Kyle, still-ish. Well, I mean, that was 22 to 37 in 2018. So we're talking like 25 to 40 year olds. So yes. Yes. Which also grinds my, sorry to go off on a tangent here. <laughs> 
I feel like millennials are still looked at as being like those young like 18 year olds. Like, no, those are Gen Z's. <laughs> We're yes, talking 40 exactly. year olds as millennials. <laughs> exactly. And the and the bracket is too big. It's too big. Like, oh, yeah. Like everyone age age group is like eight years and ours is like 15 to 20 <laughs> years. Like that. that's too that's too different. Um, like we still remember MC Hammer. That's not That's all right. millennials. I'm wearing uh, hammer pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Um, so millennials bring their dates home to meet mom and dad after about 10 or more dates, says research, or a little more than two months into the relationship on average. Relationship experts say that's too fast. Therapist and relationship expert Rachel Sussman tells Money Watch. Usually it should be after four or five months. Kyle, mm. old six-weeker. Does that sound right to you? Is that qualified advice? So here's the thing. As a little preface to this, in our previous episodes, I have normally been like, no, like what you found, Jen, is awful advice that people have given. And I go off on it. And I have a feeling that we might be at odds here this week because I actually think this is good advice. Here's the thing is like how quickly are 10 or, 10 or more dates happening, which might be a, a, a touch fast. But I think four, four or five months is is pretty bang on. That's enough to know like, yes, this is the person that I'm acquiring deeper feelings for that I want to take to the next step of meeting the parents. So I don't know. As yes, Mr. Six Weeks over here, this feels just about right for me. Yeah. My question is like far more technical because to me, it depends. You know how I talked earlier about like the the power structure and the control. Mm -hmm. If you are introducing someone to your parents because you're like, okay, what do you think of this guy? And is he the one? And you're like looking for your parents' approval. That pisses me off. Honestly, that's not fair to you. That's not fair to your parents. That's not fair to your partner. Nobody comes out a winner in those in those types of cases. And that's me looking at through the lens like of uh, like my own cultural lens. I know in other cultures, it's like very important that the family give the sign off. But in my ecosystem, I think it's quite a toxic solution because I think you're you're openly giving out you're giving up your own control and you're saying you ultimately choose and endorse in a relationship. I think it speaks larger to the dysfunction of the parent child relationship. Like when, I, when people say to me, like, oh, my mom is my best friend. I'm like, oh, God, that's not healthy. That's not right. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound good. So rather than bring them to the friend group, they bring it to the parent group because they see the parent group as being akin to the friend group. I think that that's really dangerous. And I don't just say that because I've been through hell with mm-hmm. the partner. I don't just say that. I think the, the bigger issue here is like, what is the motivation to bringing your partner to your parents? Is it for approval? Is it for buy-in? Is it because it's Sunday and your mom cooks a turkey too big and you need another person to help eat? Like, what yeah, is yeah. the true motivation? I think that's the quintessential question that this article attempts to get at the heart of. Yeah, I think one of the great things about this article in particular is the fact that they mentioned that the relationship expert, therapist and relationship expert, Rachel Sussman, mentions how there should be a progression where you take them to your friend group first and then you move to the parents. And I actually really like that because A, friends are like way low pressure or lower pressure than going to meeting the parents. And your friends are going to be way more upfront with you. It's like, no, like this is not (laughs) a good thing. Or it's like, yeah, he was great. And I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off before you go and meet the parents. It's like, well, the friends have buy-in. Now I'm taking them to the parents, not as a, like a a test or anything like that. But it's like, 
the, the red flags are my friends would have told me about straight up. So I don't the, have to worry but about But the that. motivators also align, right? Because in the yeah. beginning of a relationship, what do you focus on? Does this person make me happy? Is this person sort of, you know, complimentary to me? Do we have a fun time together? Do we coalesce? Do we bring out the best in one another? And friends are great barometers for that. Parents naturally by their survival instincts, look at them differently. They're like, is this person going to be a provider? Are they going to be good to my daughter? Are they going to fit in our family ecosystem? Do, do they their have parents have bearing hips? That, <laughs> do they? Do they have? Um, you know, do they have the same? You know, are they? Does their family similar to our family? Do we have the same? And 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 a relationship, you know, maybe can't withstand that kind of pressure because it's just not at that level yet. Yeah. And I, I of course, you know me. I live in the. I want to live in the egg as long as possible, right? I want to live in the shielded part. So you know, taking the time to meet the parents makes sense to me because you know, I don't want to be evaluated against like, is this person going to be a good wife? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, as someone yeah. who, ni- who likes to move really slow. No, I, I agree with that. I think that if you were going into the meeting, the parents thing as being like, you have to like sign off on the, this checklist that you're just setting yourself up for failure. So uh, using it more as being like, I don't know, more like an invitation rather than like a test that you're going through. I think that that goes a long way. Agreed. Okay. Well, I guess we weren't that far apart on it. I guess not. If, That's good. If you have any, if you have any questions, um, if you've received any advice, if you read an article and you think it's bullshit, please send it to us. You can tweet it to us at somebody date, or we're on Facebook at somebody date JK, or you can visit our website and reach us a whole bunch of ways. And don't forget every week we're asking a question of the week, which forms a future episode. Uh, we change out that question every Sunday. And by Sunday, I mean, oh crap, I forgot. And I do it Monday. One other thing, though, too, like we are now nine episodes in to this show, whatever app you are currently listening to this podcast on, if you could go and leave a rating and review, I know that every podcast asks you to do this, but do it for our show, because this actually does help with discoverability. (laughs) As dumb as it may sound, algorithms rule our lives in so many ways. So you can go and give a rating a review. It takes like five seconds to do, and it actually does help us out quite a bit. I'm not telling you what we're talking about next week, you guys. What? You have to. Yeah, no. I've decided oh. I'm not doing that anymore because I want you to come in. I want, to, I want you to see it's Friday night. You're in your sexy pajamas and a glass of wine. And by wine, I mean the whole box. And you see that episode pop down. It's five o'clock. You're going to join us next week. And I think you're really going to like what we have in store for you. Oh, my interest Ooh. is peaked, Jen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, this has been Somebody Date, Jen and Kyle. I am Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall. This has been Friday Night. You guys be safe out there, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. And invite me over to meet your parents sometime. Bye.